Welcome to Identity Church Sunday Morning Message, where sonship is revealed. Stay tuned at the end of this message to receive more information about resources available through Identity Church. Now grab your Bible, sit back, and enjoy a message from Identity Church that is already in progress. I wanted to, uh, first of all, say thank you to Pastor Charlie for allowing me to share a word the Lord has given me for the body. Uh, It's been a long time in the making, over a year. But before I share that, I want to just share with you from my heart a little bit something else. I wanted to just say one of the things that we prayed this morning in the prayer room was that God would open our hearts to his desire for us. And I believe that we got a little glimpse of that this morning. And just how much he loves us, how much he desires us, how much he desires intimacy with us. And I was really moved by the song list that Stephanie chose. Everything that she chose fit this message. And she did not know what I'm going to speak on. There was something else spoken in the prayer room that is relevant to what has transpired so far this morning, and that is a word that Susan Meeker gave. And I'm going to read it to you, and it's from the Father. And I believe it not only applied to the message in the songs, but it'll also apply to what I'm sharing. And this is what the Father is saying. Open your heart this morning. Apply my word to your spiritual wounds. Just like you apply medicine to the natural wounds, the Lord says, open up my medicine cabinet today and begin to use the medicine that I have prepared for you. I believe the Lord... The Father really wants to see us made whole. And he's ready, and he's waiting. I'm going to share something else that was spoken over the house this morning. I'm going to read a scripture from Isaiah 45. It was something during worship. The Lord said, this is what I want you to do. I said, okay. Well, it goes with something else that was spoken this morning. I truly believe in my heart that the Lord wants to take the lid off of our preconceived notions of who he is, how he operates, what we call him, why we need him. We have him pretty much boxed into our own paradigm, each and every one of us. It's just like I said in the prayer room this morning, we have the NIV version, we have the ESV version, we have the Passion Translation, we have, you know, uh, the King James, the New King James. I mean, there's so many translations of the Bible. And we're like that. We have our own translation of Scripture. As the Holy Spirit teaches us, he makes it relevant to us. It becomes rhema, and it works out in us our salvation. So I'm asking the Lord to take the lid off today. To take the lid off. 
and allow him to rain down into us his word and cleanse us with his word. I believe, and I'm going to, I agree with something Kathy said this morning. Us as prophetic people in this house, we have to open up our hearts also to Jesus Christ as the spirit of prophecy. To allow him to encourage us in every situation that we're in. And I agree with Kathy. I believe he's standing at the door this morning. Not only the door of this church, because we affect the community, but he's standing at the door of our hearts as the spirit of prophecy. And I believe he has something to say to each and every one of us through what I'm going to share. And he has something to prophesy over your life. Maybe it's a prophecy that has been spoken years ago and it's laying dormant, but I believe that he's speaking over you, each and every one of you this morning. So I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes and quiet your mind for just a moment. I'm going to read Isaiah 45, verse 8. The word says, rain down you heavens from above and let the skies pour down righteousness. So I want to thank the Father that it's raining in here this morning. I thank you, Lord, that it's raining in here this morning. I thank you, Lord, that the skies above us, the heavenly realm above us in this house is pouring down righteousness into every single situation and bringing us into alignment with your word. We give permission because the next word is let, and it's a word of permission. We let the earth open underneath us. That signifies our foundation. We're standing. Let the earth open. Let it bring forth salvation and let righteousness spring up altogether. I, the Lord, have created it. So I thank you, Lord. That salvation is coming forth from the foundation of our lives. Sozo, complete healing in spirit, soul, and body is coming forth in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, we thank you for the watering of your word that brings forth the fruit of the ground, the fruit of the vine. And we thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do this morning in each and every one of us. I thank you, Jesus. There was one song in particular this morning, one, one, I guess, sentence from one of the songs, Oh, How He Loves Us. One of the sentences is, All of the sudden I am unaware of these afflictions. All of the sudden I'm unaware of these afflictions. The name of my message this morning is called Facing the Wall. It was a message I got in a very strange place. <laughs> I was laying on a bunk in the jail up in Daytona Beach, facing the wall. <laughs> but I'm going to share what the Lord did with me, with my heart, and I hope it brings encouragement to you, some of the things I share with you this morning. But getting back to that, sentence. It says, all of the sudden I'm unaware of these afflictions because they are eclipsed by your glory. 
Now, I am praying that God tweak our perspective this morning, and that includes me, okay? I'm preaching to myself, because this is a season of self-evaluation and consideration of where we stand in Christ and what our purposes are in Christ. We have heard from Tim Hagen. We've heard from our pastor. We've heard from Randy this past Sunday. Yes, sir. Thank you. That the Lord is desiring to prepare us for what lies ahead. We don't know what's coming around the corner. We don't know. He is trying to prepare us. Pastor Charlie spoke even last week about, um, two weeks ago, about the fivefold ministry out of Isaiah 61. The Lord wants us to operate in the fullness of Jesus Christ so that we can be effective for other people no matter where we are, no matter what is put in our path. I wanted to read something, too, because of that. I had created this flag. I'm just going to give you a bunch of little things that are kind of intertwined together. And then I'll go ahead and, and speak on what the Lord gave me. Um, in 2019, the Lord gave me a flag. You know, I prophesy through my flags. I listen, I hear what the Lord has to say, and then I put it down on silk. And every single color, every single thing means something. I'm saying something. The flag is always saying something. So in 2019, he gave me Isaiah 61. And he gave me a flag called the seer flag. It's full of peacock eyes. Because this is what he said, I am releasing in this hour the ability to see beyond personally established boundaries in this earth and in the heavens. My people need to see what is ahead, to see what is coming. The seer anointing, the Issachar anointing, filled with wisdom and strength, with the ability to fuse heaven and earth. And he says, come up and sit with me in the heavens and see, my, see from my perspective. Fuse heaven and earth. That takes heat. <laughs> Nobody said it would be easy to fuse heaven and earth. So we have to be, to the best of our ability, by the power of the Holy Spirit, Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 4. We have to be the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, the pastor. We have to be those things. To be ready in season and out of season, like Paul said, be ready in season and out of season. So this message is kind of a little bit of this and a little bit of that, a little bit of what everybody has been saying, and I think what everybody will continue to say over the next few seasons, I don't know. I don't know how long it's going to take, but I know that changing the way we think, changing the way we do things, changing the way we see Jesus, it takes time because we're always evolving. We're always evolving. And I like what Pastor Charlie said recently in his seven frustrations message. He said, this 
message is about the pain of grace, or I should say my message is about the pain of grace also. But he talked about the pain of grace. What does that look like? I never even considered that until he said that, that one statement. And I went home and I started inquiring of the Lord, what is the pain of grace? Because a lot of times we just assume grace is just going to carry us like on a magical carpet over the circumstances. And it really does if we sit in our seat in the heavens like he tells us we need to be doing. But there is pain in the message of grace and in the progression of grace in our lives. So here I am facing the wall in a jail cell with a meth addict cellmate, a young girl that grew up in the uh, Methodist children's home here in uh, Deltona. And I was like, Lord, I can't believe this. Why am I here? And I started thinking about that. Why am I here? And I started thinking about Paul and Silas, and I started thinking about all of the disciples and the apostles and the trials and tribulations they went through being associated with Jesus. And how Jesus himself said, you know, these things will happen to you. <laughs> You're not going to escape from this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're not going to escape from it, not if you're my disciple. But the message was birthed before that night, and it was birthed that Sunday. Our pastor asked us a serious question. The very end of service, he asked us to consider something. He said, would you go to the cross for someone else's salvation? That was a pretty heavy question. Never really considered it in the depth that he asked. He shared some stories about being betrayed. He shared stories about being shunned. He shared stories about broken relationships. And I know that each one of us in here can associate to those things having happened in your life. But what did it mean to go to the cross for someone else's salvation? So sometimes God prepares us ahead of time for those situations. Sometimes he does. I think the word that the Lord keeps working on me personally is being mindful being mindful of Jesus in our circumstances, to be mindful of him. Because if we can keep our eyes on him, the circumstances don't matter. So God is beginning to, I believe he has been dying for us to get it, literally. But the thing is, is he really loves it when we are mindful of him in our situation. He loves it. 
He desires it. He wants our eyes on him. He wants us to have dove's eyes like the Shulamite in Song of Solomon. So there I am on the bunk in the jail facing the wall. And I'm asking the Lord, how did I end up here? And so I could hear him ask me that question again. And so just take a moment and ask yourself that question again. Would you go to the cross for someone else's salvation? This is the kind of consideration I believe that the Lord is speaking through the prophets right now in the body. To be mindful of the Lord in our situations and to be mindful about the harvest that's out there. I am busy. I am a busy person. <laughs> we are all busy. But we have to learn to sit, uh, to be in that place between heaven and earth, sitting in our seat, perceiving from a heavenly perspective. So getting back to that place, facing the wall. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, it tells me that I have been predestined. I want to read it. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. That's a loaded scripture. It tells me first and foremost that God is sovereign. No matter what happens to us, he is not taken by surprise. He is absolutely sovereign. And this scripture tells me that everything in my life has been predetermined. He has supplied me with everything I need, no matter what circumstance I'm in. Everything. I like that. Uh, Susan this morning in the prayer room said, when Jesus went to the cross, that was an amendment to the law. He amended the law. So he amends every single situation in our life to conform to what his desire is for us. He has a purpose for us. I had a purpose to be in that cell with that meth addict that day. I had a purpose. She was tweaking out, and I was used to that because of my son. So I stayed up with her all night as she talked to me and told me her whole life story, and every once in a while I was able to interject about the Lord, and she was able to share with me out of her own mouth about how she knew Jesus, how she went to the Methodist children's home, how she heard the word. Oh, I know that scripture, Karen. And it was an exchange there was an exchange of heaven going on there. You know, I, still, I can still find her on Google. <laughs> She's been arrested four more times. And if you want to pray for her, her name is Caitlin Boyle. And I pray for her that the word of God that's inside of her is going to come out and eventually become who she really should be, who she really is. She has a, she is running and, she, and I'm asking the Lord to put a wall in front of her so she can face the wall. 
and consider and stop and think and meditate on who he really is. There was another lady in there <clears throat> that I met when we were, we had to go before the judge, so you're in this paddy wagon and you can barely breathe. And the lady I was chained to was flipping out. She was just, she was crazy, angry, scared, all this. And I am just so tuned up with the Lord, just praying in the spirit. I was all quiet and everything. And she kept saying to me, I don't get it. Why are you so calm? How come you're not upset? How come, you know, you're smiling? And I was like, well, I know the Lord and he's in my heart and he is keeping me steady. He is steady, steady. So I had a chance. And then we were in a holding block. There was eight women and we were in this room and, um, you know, they started at talking to me and I was just sharing with them about the Lord and about his peace. And then my, my roommate is curled up in my lap, laid on the bunk with her head in my lap. And she, she wanted me to, t uh, touch her hair and pray for her. And I did. And she called me mama and I was like, wow. So there is a reason why we are placed in every single situation we're in, no matter what. This was something, I have these notes, and then every time you know how the Lord just adds stuff to your thing. So he was talking to me about positioning, and this I think is really important for us to consider, whether it's at your job, whether it's in your family, whether you're at a, you know, an event or whatever. It's positioning. Positioning is important. So I want to uh, read uh, the definition it says a particular way, and get that, think about that. Think about our Father positioning us, okay? A particular way in which someone has been placed or arranged. I mean, that is, that's pretty heavy when you think about it in your lifeline timeline. Strategic purpose. When you're in position, it's just for a strategic purpose. So my prayer, I just want to pray because I wrote down pray. <laughs> let him place you, let him arrange you. So Lord, I just thank you that every single person in this house, whether they're here or not here, and every person that's online that's watching, Lord, we just thank you that they allow you to place them exactly where you want them to be. Okay, a particular location. I like this one. A particular location of the hand on the fingerboard of a stringed instrument. So my prayer is to let the Lord play you. So, Lord, inside of each one of us, like Renee is always saying, our frequencies. We are walking instruments because every single organ in our body is vibrating to a chord. Like your heart vibrates uh, at the note G, I believe. So everything inside of us is resounding a sound. So I am asking the Lord, Father, that our 
bodies would be given over to you that you might play your music through us. And just like David soothed the spirit that was in Saul, Lord, that the music that you bring forth out of our lives would soothe others that we come in touch with and contact with. I thank you, Lord. You know, positioning is a concept that uh, Pastor Charlie and Randy spoke about. His whole message last week was about positioning. No matter who you are or where you are, God has you in position. We just need to be mindful of him in it, in where we are. Be mindful of the Lord. You know, I was meditating on that the other day in the morning, and I was going over my notes, and I could hear the Lord clearly say to me, Karen, you are always in the right place at the right time. Always. We may not feel like we are, but we are. On God's timeline, we are always in the right place at the right time. And I want to read Romans 8, 28 and 29. So first, when we read Ephesians, we determine God is sovereign. No matter what, God is sovereign. And here it is again. He has something he wants to accomplish in us. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose for, and then I think 30 is, but I'll just read it. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So we are always in the right place at the right time. We just have to seize the moment and see God in it and allow him to do what it is he wants to do in us. Let me tell you something. It is not easy. I am, I am telling you, and you all know it, it is not easy to die. It is not easy to die. And you know something? <laughs> the, um, I got to find, find where I scribbled it in. Um, oh, Lord, I don't know <laughs> where I put it. Oh, here it is. Uh, I looked up the meaning of facing the wall when the Lord gave me this message, you know. I looked it up. Do you know the first definition on Google is to die? The first one is to die. The second one is you are about to be executed by a firing squad. <laughs> Isn't that something? So this expression, facing the wall, has always been associated with death in some way. And you know what? Where it got its origins from? In the 8th century before Christ in Isaiah 38 verse 2, which states, Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to God. So that expression is that old. So he prayed to the Lord to extend his life. He was facing death. So it's been around for a long time. <laughs> yeah. 
So this word, this idiom, facing the wall, has been associated with death of sorts in our lifetime. And it always has to do with serious contemplation regarding who you are and what you're doing and what you're supposed to be doing. So I'm going to share with you a couple of things that the Lord showed me about walls. I just want to thank the Lord for the Spirit of God that's here. I want to thank Him again for the reign of His righteousness that's in this place. I know this is a somber message. It's a challenging one. Believe me, I'm living it. I'm being challenged every single moment of every single day. Um, you know, sometimes we don't understand why life takes the turns that they do. But like the Lord kept saying to me, Karen, I'm either sovereign or I'm not. I'm either sovereign or I'm not. So I choose to say, God is sovereign. He knows exactly what he's doing. So when Pastor Charlie gave that message, the first wall that I had to address was the wall of my heart and ask myself that question. Would I go to the cross for someone else's salvation? So no joke. I mean, years back I read Fox's book of martyrs and I read uh, the Newsboys book, Jesus Freaks, about all the people. And then you look in our present day and I had like these flashes in front of my face and I'm like, oh my God, you're calling me to be a martyr. Am I going to have to burn in cages like the people did over in the Middle East when the Taliban threw gasoline on them and lit them on fire? And, you know, those, those images made the news. And I thought to myself, holy smokes, what some people have gone through for their faith, and I am complaining about my present situation. And it's like, Lord, give me a break. Give me the grace to deal with. What I fa with what I face, but also not only the grace to deal with it, but to recognize what Pastor Charlie said. With grace comes the pain of change. So Jesus said a couple of things. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. That is, I know it's in there, Kathy, somewhere. <laughs> I'm so bad. Luke 9.23. Sorry. Luke 9.23. So I want you to think about something. This was a challenge that the Lord gave to me. So when I first read that scripture, I really didn't have a clue what it meant. I mean, most of us don't. Most of us read it, and we just breeze over it, and it's just part of what we read. We don't really think about it. What does that look like? What did he really mean? Because we understand in part, and actually, we understand the parts we want to understand. <laughs> And we have a free will, so we can decide what our cross looks like. 
So I was talking to one of my friends and I was joking around. I said, yeah, I said, some of our crosses look like Lego, Legos, or some of our crosses look like marshmallows, you know, and we don't really embrace the, the fullness of the gospel where, you know, Paul is saying to us, you know, you have to die daily or Jesus says, you know, take the, take my yoke upon you, upon you. That's another hard one to get. That is Matthew eleven twenty nine. So I just pray that the Lord is speaking to your heart right now. Because I know that sometimes we are apprehensive to receive change. And I know that the Lord wants to begin to change our hearts because there is a lot of lost souls out there beyond these doors. And God is, you know, this is the Malachi 3 season. He's turning the hearts of the fathers back to the sons and the sons back to the fathers. This is the season of the harvest. We need to be ready we need to be ready. I just thank you, Lord, that you're making us ready. I thank you, Lord, that you're opening our understanding to what the cross really means to us, for us, and what it looks like coming through us to other people. So when we face the wall... I gave you two to die is number one. Two, you are about to be executed by a firing squad. But when you keep searching, there's three other meanings for facing the wall. And I love them. A time to refocus your ambitions. It's a time when we are concentrating, we're, we're not distracted and we're able to refocus our ambitions. It's a time of reflection. And lastly, it's a time to be humbled and to start again. So sometimes when the Lord brings us to that place, he is wanting to refresh us, restore us, renew us so that we can get up and move forward. So facing the wall is not a passive thing, but it's a time of communication. It's a time of integration. It's a time of motivation to capture something alive in God's word, something that we'll benefit from, something that we're going to grow from. And I also believe it's a time when we become more aware of the presence of the Lord. I love that guy in the 15th century, Brother Lawrence, who uh, practicing the presence of God. And Madame Guillaume, you know, experiencing the depths of Jesus Christ. To have those kind of deep encounters with the Lord, um, that we recognize him. You know, even as Kathy said in the prayer room, I'm just thinking about this because I'm looking over there and I'm saying, Lord, I know you're standing right there. I know that you are speaking over your people. I know that the spirit of prophecy is right at the door. Because he always has something to say. He likes to build us up. 
not tear us down. There's another thing about walls. They can keep us safe. It's all about our perspective. And I think that's what the Lord is dealing with today, is about our perspective. Walls also signify the setting of borders and boundaries. Some are meant to stand for generations, and others are meant to come down, like the walls of Jericho. I believe the Lord wants you to begin to pray to begin to take your seat, to begin to decree and declare his protection over you and your families, your property, your apartment, your homes, whatever. He is the wall of fire around us and the glory in the midst of us. That's Zechariah 2.5. And take your seat and speak those things over your family. That's your... You're a king. You're a king. Write your decrees. Another wall I love thinking about is the wall, the wailing wall in Jerusalem. How many of you have been there? It's an awesome place. I love it, being able to put your little prayers in there. And, and they have a guy... Uh, the rabbi of the wall, and when prayers fall on the floor, they take them up to the Mount of Olives and they bury them in the Mount of Olives. But when we're at that wall, it's a wall of, I guess you would say, recognizing the beauty of God, his strength, his power. A lot of times people kiss the wall is a sign of adoration. A lot of times people just place their forehead on the wall, which is another sign of affection. So think about that. I talk about walls where you're going to die, but I talk about walls where you concentrate. So I'm just going to pray right now. Just close your eyes. I just thank you, Lord, that you give us desire in our heart. Excuse me, that you give us desire in our heart to press our foreheads against the wall of your heart. Lord, I thank you for what you're speaking to us today. I thank you for what you're saying to our hearts as we face these walls. I know he's going to do something. I have another uh, idiom I want to share with you. I thought this was pretty cool too. The writing's on the wall. The writing is on the wall. This idiom also comes from the Bible. It comes from the story in the book of Daniel, Daniel 5 verses uh, 5 through 31, in which uh, in the presence of the king, a disembodied hand appeared and wrote on the palace wall that the kingdom would be taken away. So sometimes we have to look at the wall and focus on what God has written there. It's important, the writing on the wall. Throughout history, stories were recorded on walls, great events, good and bad, directions given for future generations, maps to guide us, or just as a wall of significance to mark the spot as a rite of passage along the way of our life. 
So I ask you to close your eyes this morning. And I'm going to ask you a question. So as you close your eyes and you face this wall, what do you see? Just quiet your spirit. What do you see? Because I know that the spirit of prophecy is here, and I know that Jesus is about to um, share his heart with you as individuals, what he's looking for, what he desires out of your life. So is the Lord making things plain by writing out his plan? Is he writing something on the wall? Is he giving you a scripture? Is he giving you a word? Is he giving you a picture? Or is he inviting you to lean in with your forehead and rest in him as he speaks to you? Whichever it is, just take a moment. Take a moment to see. Take a moment to hear. Take a moment to listen and to learn. We just thank you, Lord, that you're getting us ready for great things. We thank you, Lord, that we have no reason to fear because you know exactly what's coming around the corner. We thank you, Lord, for the gift of faith that you're releasing this morning to step into the unknown, or in some cases, to step off the precipice of the cliff. <laughs> I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I give this word, this word that Susan gave me this morning, I give to you guys. She said, the Lord is taking the weight off your shoulders and changing, exchanging the weight for wings. So I thank you, Lord, you call us to ride on the wings of the wind with you. I thank you, Lord, in Psalms 104, it says that he wraps himself in light. Lord, we receive your light today. We receive everything light and good and holy. We thank you, Lord, that as we face the wall, we will take note of your presence. We will take note of what you're saying. We'll take note of what we're seeing, what we're hearing, and we will receive it into our hearts that we might move forward in the kingdom, we might move forward and be effectual and effective for you and teach us, Holy Spirit, how to fuse heaven and earth. Teach us how to fuse heaven and earth. I want to I learn how to do that well. We want to learn how to do that well, that we might be Isaiah 61, the fullness of Jesus Christ walking this earth, effectual, effectual, effectual people of your kingdom. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. 
We thank you that he is our teacher. And so, Lord, I thank you not one word is going to fall to the ground today, but fruit will come forth in this house in each and every heart. And I thank you, Lord, for the pebble in the pond effect that it'll go out of this place as well. And I pray that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church. To know more about us, go to identitychurch.net, where you'll find resources such as a calendar, media, and upcoming events. You may also download an app for your mobile device from the Apple App Store or Google Play. Then from your mobile device, you can hear our messages, read from the Bible, take notes, connect with us on the social media, and even pay your tithe. Again, thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church.